Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrar? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Hi guys, thank you for joining us. If you're checking us out for the first time or coming back again, either way, we are glad you are here. And we have a great show for you again this week. My guest in the ADD interview, you know him from Stranger Things, Mad About You, The Kaminsky Method, and his new project is called There's Johnny on the Peacock. It's my pal, actor, comedian, writer, director, Paul Reiser. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our super fan shout-out are for John and Karen Mastro Giovanni. Say hello, kids. Hello, guys. Yes. John and Karen, how you guys doing? Yeah. Hey, no. Giovanni. Mastro Giovanni. They are, John and Karen are uh, Christina's parents. Christina Sales is a member of our uh, Talk To Me Tuesday family. I got a nice email, said, can mom and dad have a super fan shout out? So there you go. Because uh, here at the uh, Adam For Our Podcast, we like to take care of our people. Hello, Christina's parents. I probably butchered the last name, but there it is. (laughs) Hello, parents of Christina. There you go. And we are coming to you from Abbey Normal Studios. I took the name Abbey Normal from Young Frankenstein. And Abbey Road for the Beatles to name the studio. It actually describes your personality. Okay. I was going somewhere, but now we're here. What do you mean? Well, you know, the Let's young all just jump on Ferrara. I love it. What? The young Frankenstein mixed with the Beatles. That's 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 true. Okay. I thought you said the young Frank. My insect, personality. An insect. What's an insect? The Beatles. An insect? An insect yes. with a monster. An insect with a monster. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I am to my wife? I'm a murder hornet. That's what I am. <laughs> I think those Beatles are spelled differently, though. Yes. Beatles is B-E-A-T because it's beat music. It was a spelling thing. John yeah. did that way before the rappers. Yeah, I thought he was kind of making fun of themselves saying beat less. No, beat, uh, it's a beat music. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was it about. Wasn't that the story that he had the dream of the naked man on the pie that said, "You shall be Beatles with an A." And we were. Yeah, <laughs> and we were. I saw That's a man on a it. flaming pie. He came to me and said, "You're Beatles with an A," and we are. <laughs> and Paul went like this, John. What, what? the fuck is wrong with you, <laughs> John? Have you suffered a head wound? <laughs> Funny. I'm in a Beatles mood today because I was uh, listening to John Lennon. Uh, and I had a beautiful boy. Oh, that, I love that song that he wrote for Sean. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, yeah. I I have a neat story about Sean. The chair recognizes the lady from Santa Monica. Yes, darling. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just like one of those things that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to be working for Eileen Getty, mm-hmm. and everything was a go. But I had to meet her mom because she's a trust fund 
person. So yeah. uh, you don't you don't you don't get a museum and all that cash. <laughs> they don't just give you that. You got to go through somebody. But yeah, go ahead. I had to be approved. Yes, of course you do. So anyway, she was so nice. She's like, and and, and she's like, my mom's leaving tonight. Mm-hmm. Can you come back and meet her? And I said, mm, it's my birthday. There's they're gonna you know celebrate and all that. They said, oh, that's interesting. My I believe she said godson. Mm-hmm. Uh, birthday is tonight too. Why don't you celebrate it with him? Okay. I, I have plenty of, you know, cake, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, invite who you want. The Gettys whatever. have a lot of cake. So, yeah. yeah. You weren't going to be in imposition. <laughs> so, anyway, so I get there. I'm like, you, you know, I kind of felt like, I, I know how it is when you're tight on schedule. So, I mm-hmm. said, okay, I'll, I'll come. So, I met the mom and everything went well. And um, I was in the kitchen. She ran to get something. And she says, oh, do I hear a knock at the door? Could you Do you mind answering it? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, no. And so, I go answer the kitchen uh, door and it was sean lennon so sean lennon's the godson and uh we celebrated our birthday together and you're born on the same day yeah along with john oh that's right yeah wow john lennon sean lennon have the same birthday and my wife so that's six degrees of separation you know what that means boys i married kevin bacon for you yeah that's great yeah you have the yeah. same birthday as sean i was listening to a uh, beautiful boy about sean today and phil i thought yeah. of you while i was listening to john lennon you did i did yeah i'm listening to beautiful boy there's a line in there that always makes me think of of you phil it's uh digestion happens when you're busy making other plans <laughs> could have been a sincere thought no <laughs> that has some strange story attached to it i just know yes i Everything can only does. imagine okay yeah uh <laughs> You wanted Phil's looking for an apartment again because I guess it's time. <laughs> yes, it's that time in my life where I'm looking for the geographical cure. Yeah, yeah. It'll last. How long will it last me? About two weeks. Yeah, you, you, he'll be happy. You're happy right now because you're excited about new things. I'm going to come over. I'm going to help you. We're going to laugh. You're my friend. We've been through this before, so it's not like we got to figure it out. I don't think we <laughs> unpacked shit from the last time. To be honest with you. <laughs> Then the movies are going to come. You're going to go to your new place. I'm going to get the phone call. This is nice. This is great. I'm inspired. I'm going to write an opera. And he's going to start. <laughs> He'll I start. I'm going to write an opera. Yeah. I am. Fade in. Ah, uh, Carmen. She's not dead. You know, whatever he's going to write. <laughs> and he's going to be happy for about, ah, give him about two weeks. And all of a sudden he's like, dude, I got a neighbor. <laughs> I don't know what she does in the morning. She's making cappuccino in a sink, but it happens whenever I'm trying to sleep. Yep. Yeah. 8.30 a.m. Yeah, he'll find something. I'm telling you, I just, I got to go, man. I'm here five years. The walls are closing in. I know. I got, you know, I got, I already have a car. I already bought that distraction. Yeah. This is the next thing. Thank this God. This is the next thing. Oh, look, I'd rather have this than I love her, man. Because then I. <laughs> I was going to say. Where did marriage? Wait a minute. You know, it's one of the yeah. options. Mark, the last girl, he, he'll call me up. Dude, I met this girl. I, I, I was in the store. I, she looked at me. I looked at her, and there was a connection. Phil, she handed you your dry cleaning. <laughs> she was selling you a car. Yeah. She was the hostess showing you your seat, sir. Yeah. Every, he sees love in everybody. You know, he, He's 10 seconds away from being John Cusack holding up a boombox in the parking lot. Which was romantic. Which was All romantic, right. but... A lot of batteries. A lot of batteries. Yeah. Anyway, Phil has a new apartment, and I'm going to, I will support any move you make, Phil. But getting back to digestion happens while you're busy making other plans. So I get the the phone call. Uh, Phil's looking for an apartment, and he doesn't want this apartment. He leaves, but then he has to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So, so what is, what does he do? That I, I would have went somewhere, a gas station, done something. Now, Phil goes back in, knocks on the door, and talks to the lady that just showed him the apartment he passed on. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I, I want to thank you for your time. Um, I really have to go to the bathroom. Would it be possible? And I go, Phil, you did? He goes, yeah, I did. And Ted, tell, him what, tell him what she did. I did. First of all, I just, yeah, I had to go, man. And I was on the uh, Beachwood Drive walking up and down. There were no bathrooms anywhere. And I just, I had to go. And it was an emergency. And I just said, and I didn't tell her I didn't want the place. I said, I'll let you know. So, but I went back in and I go, um, is there a public restroom? She's like, and she looks at me. She didn't like me to begin with. She just, she just didn't. You know, I caught that. It was a bad vibe all around. This she is, didn't like me. This is the was, one girl he doesn't have a connection with. Okay, go ahead. I go, well, can I use the bathroom in the apartment? Since it's, She looks at me like I asked for money or something. She was like, you know, okay, we'll make it fast. I was like, all right. 
See, honey, what you what you guys don't understand about Phil is Phil's like feels like a garbage truck with no conscience. He'll dump anyway. <laughs> what? Oh, oh my God! This was not numero uno. This was numero duo. This was numero dos. Yeah. Dos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. You yeah. really don't care. You're like, I'm not like Mark, I don't care. It's a, a strange bathroom. Woman hates me. Strangers I, rolling through here. I don't care. I couldn't help it. I had to go. And then I knew <laughs> I'm not going to be able to go anywhere else. I got to look at 10 more apartments. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? So she lets me in. So she lets me in. And then, you know, and now she's waiting. I'm like, ah, she's waiting for me. So I'm in the bathroom. She doesn't and trust you alone. <laughs> I don't What am I going to steal? The toilet lid? What am I going to steal? <laughs> So anyway, yeah, and so I'm going, and here's my thought. Here's my only thought while I'm doing this. Oh, my God, this is going on the podcast. And you weren't wrong. <laughs> Adam is going to have a field day with this, and I have to tell him. I have to tell him. So wait a minute. Did she know that you had to unload no. lunch? No. Okay. She had no, I just, can I use the, be- okay, we'll make it quick. I have more showings. All right, okay. All right. And she's yelling. You know, I'm like, Jesus, you know. And then I look to my left, and this is your worst nightmare. Okay, I look to my left. What did I not see? A door on the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hey, my folks. nightmare. Nope. The door was there. What uh, wasn't there was toilet paper. Oh, second worst. So, yeah. So, what did so you anyway, do? I finish up. I'm like, what am I going to? I had no choice. I pulled my pants up, and now I'm <gasps> walking very like. Oh, that's you know, disgusting. Oh. I could have thought of a couple different Yeah, solutions. I would sacrifice a sock or something. No, no, not yeah. that. You yeah. could do a little b- bidet. A bidet? You, With you what? Sit, you sit on the you end. You stand of- on your head and shove your ass under the sink. No, this That's is- exactly what I was going to do with the lady listening to me. Turn on the tub. What are you doing in there? She was standing right outside, right in the living room. I'm checking water pressure. And hardwood floors, so the whole place is echoey. Oh, and what did you eat? Lentil soup. Oh, oh God. Yeah, oh. Don't ever, yeah. So you had beans for lunch. So this was sound and fury. <laughs> exactly it and was. she's outside and she's uh-huh. yelling so does she hear what's going on in there or? first of all she knocks well are you done jesus <laughs> no i'm can i that's the worst yeah my my bodily fluids have one speed can you back off i'll, I'll lock up oh i'll lock up when i leave that's okay i'll wait of course of course you will of course you will so she's outside she's waiting you, you yeah. got fudge butt yeah, right. I'm wa- yeah, I'm walking out like with, with my legs. Did real, you wash you know, your like, hands? Tight ass, tight ass walk. No, with, with what? There's nothing to wash my hands with. Water. Yeah, there's water. water. Soap. I water. did. I put. I did put my hands under the. There's no towel. There's no soap. I had to wait till I got to my car and sanitize. That's what I did. Okay, so you open up the door. Yeah. Did you say thank you? Of course. And then what did she say? Then I said, "Okay, thanks," and I just wanted to get out of there quick. Well, you were you were running away from what was yeah. coming out of that room. Yeah, because I knew. I just knew. And then and then about 10 seconds later, I hear, oh, my God. <laughs> because you didn't flush? No. No I, no, I flushed. It was just, it was, again, lentil soup. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that sound and fury. That's okay. the fury. Okay, I get it now. You boys yeah, complimented have Complimented with language. a nice a fragrance. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So. So, now I'm, so now I'm walking down the hallway. She, she pops her head out of the door, and she goes, this is an open house. <laughs> I have to show this place all day today. Uh, Okay, thanks. Thank you. She's yelling at you as you're leaving the scene of the crime. Yes, she was. Oh, my God. This is an open house. Okay. You're lucky she didn't have her phone out. Oh, my God. She's leaving the door open, fanning. Uh, Can we stop it? (laughs) Well, Well, and her defense, Phil? If the next person coming through there is like, oh, what is this, a half bath? Oh, my God, what happened to <laughs> Yes. There? I just hope you went home after that, right? I went to a, uh, there was a grocery store, and they had a bathroom, and I, you know, took care of business. And hey, that's good. You firebomb another place. <laughs> yeah, finish the job. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's sorry. what I meant. Digestion is what happens when you're busy making other plans. That's called a hard <laughs> yep. day's night. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was life is what happens to you when you're making other plans. Yeah, well, it, in Phil's case, it's digestion. Everyone else is life. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans was a lyric that came up in the interview with uh, 
Paul and myself. Paul, uh, like me, is a really big Beatles fan, and I'd like to take this opportunity to uh, apologize to Paul that this was the opening of his episode. <laughs> but I really enjoyed catching up with my friends. So uh, give a listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Okay, thanks. Oh, my God, it stinks in here. You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Now that you know, I'm out of it. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, guys. I got some stand-up dates for you. December 10th through the 12th, I will be at Hilarities in Cleveland, Ohio. December 18th and 19th, I will be at the Arlington Draft House in Arlington, Virginia. And for New Year's Eve, I will be at the Helium in St. Louis. If you can make any of these dates, please come up after the show and let me thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right. Y'all, I get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD. It's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! I am very excited to talk to my guest this week. Uh, He is an actor, comedian, author, classical pianist, and a man who has no doubt been in your living room. You know him from Mad About You, Stranger Things, The Kaminsky Method, and his new project is called There's Johnny, now streaming on the Peacock. He is very funny and someone I always look forward to seeing in a green room. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, help me welcome my pal Paul Reiser. How are you, baby? Um, well, that was a nice, uh, very nice and lofty uh, introduction. Well, uh, I just read the IMDb. You did all this. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, um, yeah, no, it's an interesting thing, and we can talk about anything. But you know, it's this. Uh, there's Johnny, which is new, but it's not really new. But yeah. it, it's show. I think we talked about it last time I saw you at the comedy, the Comedy Magic Club. Mm-hmm. I was. We did the show, and it was aired on Hulu. Yeah, for two years. Uh, didn't have a lot of publicity. It was actually it was in the Guinness Book of Records, the least promoted show in the history of broadcast. <laughs> um, which I'll tell you about. But anyway, so I have always, you know, been comforted by the fact that in the world we live in now, yeah, shows don't have to be an instant hit because it's you watch it when you get to it. I'm watching shows, you know, that I missed two years ago or three years. ago. So I said, "There's Johnny." I'm very proud of it. It's a wonderful show. It'll be on. It's there. It's on Hulu. Then somebody said, I try to watch it on Hulu. It's gone. I went, well, how can it be gone? Yeah. And then I made a call and they went, yeah, we only had it uh, contractually for two years. I went, so leave it there. What do you got? You know, what, yeah, yeah. bothering anybody. But somebody had to go in at night and say, take, boosh. They had to throw it out, actively lose it. Right. Um, it was an interesting thing because this, sh- this show has had such a, a long and funny path and I'm, I'm really thrilled that it's now going to be airing but specifically it's airing on peacock because it's a you know it's about the tonight show right so i mean literally the nbc peacock is in our opening credits wow. so it's like it's about the tonight show 1972 and uh and then furthermore it stars jane levy who at the time was this wonderful lovely actress that phenomenal actress but since the show we did our show she's now the star of our own show, uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Mm-hmm. So we said, Peacock, you can help two two shows of yours here. Sure. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, so it it 
it was a very strange thing. When I was on Hulu, they said, you know, it's a strange thing because we have two types of shows. We have original shows that we created, and then we have libraries, like we'll buy 30 Rock, you know, seven years yeah. ago. He said, your show is neither of those. It's sort of, it was one year, but we didn't create it. And so they treated it, I said, it's sort of like a state-mandated foster child. Like, this kid's going to live with you. Right. You're feed, and you're going to feed it, goddammit. And I'll go, <laughs> all right, but we're not giving them steak, just so you know that. We're going to we'll, we'll we'll do what you comics menu. Well, <laughs> all right. We'll do what you said, but we're not going to do it lovingly. So it never got the promotion. So now... I'm just anyway, so I'm and I'm not in it. I you know I, I wrote it with my buddy David Simon, and great people are in it. So I, I'm so uh, I was so proud of how this came out that I'm, mm. I'm thrilled that it's now finding a home again. Yeah, and and it was one of the things like because uh, I remember you, you mentioning it through last last time I saw you, but I found a quote of yours that kind of connects to 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 the, the that show's journey and everything else. You said almost everything that has impacted my career was an accident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, don't you think that's true of most people in their own life? I mean, like you can make what's that? You know, uh, you know, John Lennon had that great so life. Life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. Yeah. Right? So here's what yeah. I have planned, and the powers that be are going. Yeah, that's nice, but watch this. Yeah, uh, but that's. Uh, but even even like in going back and finding examples of that because. I knew about the diner story, uh, the, the movie Diner, of course, iconic. You were in it. it was one of your first things. Am I correct? It was my very first job, and it was totally an accident because I walked into the casting office by accident on the right day. Mm -hmm. And um, so that opened up things. But, you know, uh, and because of Diner, it was how I got on The Tonight Show for the first time as a comic. Because mm -hmm. I wasn't really getting too warm a welcome as a comic. But when they said, oh, he's a young guy and he's got a movie coming out this week, okay. Right. So that sort of launched that. Yeah. And, um, uh, but yeah, so many things are accidental, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm in the middle. People say, "Wow, you're on two hit shows on Netflix. You must be very clever." I went, "I didn't mean to be on either one of them." Um, you know, Kaminsky Method happened because I'm an old buddy of Chuck Lorre's, and I just called him after this first season, mm -hmm. and I said, "Hey, what a great show! It was beautifully written, and you know, and it's so different than his usual than what he usually does." And I jokingly said to him, "I said, let's you and me come up with an idea like that. You know, two guys sitting in a car. I could do that for hours." And he said, well, would you like to be on this one? I went, yes, please. He said, I'm thinking of a role and, you know, as Michael Douglas's friend and that could be fun. I went, okay. And then like a month later, I'm doing Kaminsky Man. So, you know, yeah, you never know and, and uh, how things happen or who's seeing, you know, that's the crazy thing. It's not, you know, we're used to seeing when there's 200 people in the audience or 500, whatever, or eight people in the audience. Right. Those are the people hearing our jokes. You're doing this. You have no idea how many people or, or who's out there that may be impacted by, by what you're saying or doing. And it's all it's all a happy accident. Yeah. And the collective the collective energies that that make things happen. I mean, uh, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the theme song for Mad About You. Um, you know, most people don't know you're a classical pianist. Um, so I kind of majored that in college, not because I was that good or that I was going to plan to be a pianist, mm -hmm. that's a whole other level. It's not even like NBA, but like you got, there's like 10 guys who can do it. Um, but because I already played, I thought, well, this, I'll be able to pick up some extra credits and I'll graduate sooner right. this way. But, um, but anyway, so yeah, I always played piano. I was in a little band, you know, when I was 12, everybody had a garage, a garage band. And um, when Mad About You was coming out, like two weeks before we premiered in 92. And uh, we didn't really have a theme song. And I, I, a buddy of mine, we submitted one or two, and I, nobody really was enamored with them. Mm -hmm. And we, I was on a plane with Helen Hunt going to New York. And in the airport, we bump into Don Was, who she knew from some casual thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> casual thing, friend of a friend. And so we're chatting, and I said, yeah, we don't really have a song. He goes, well, let's you and me write one. I went, what do you mean, write one? He goes, he goes, yeah, come on, what I want. I said, well, we'd have to do it, you know, like today. He goes, yeah, come to the studio tonight. When we land in New York, come tonight. I went, okay. And he's just one of, and I learned so much from that. Like he's 
Don was produces the Stones and Willie Nelson and 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 uh, Ringo. I mean, and everybody. I mean, and Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. He really broke open producing Bonnie Raitt. He's a great musician, and he's just this kind of can-do guy. That like, sure, we'll do that. So I went. I remember I went to his studio, and I remember he had just he was finishing up a session with Felix Cavallari. And I'm going, ah, the rascal. I, I, I just stepped into you know some time. Wow, Felix Cavallari from the Rascals. Look at that. And Don goes, what do you got? I said, I don't know. And I started playing the piano and he picked up his guitar and we just banged out this little melody. And I was, he said, what are the words? He said, well, just, you know, scat something. So mm -hmm. I was going, do the scat about a fat. I don't know. No idea. And he goes, that's, I go, don't record that. That's, that's me in the shower. Don't use it. He goes, no, no. And I remember he said, uh, he said, well, who do you think should sing? I said, well, I always thought Lyle Lovett would be a, the right sensibility. He goes, well, I know Lyle, I'll send it to him. I go, don't, don't send him that. That's horrible. You know, I said, he goes, no, that's how it happened. I go, you're telling me Lyle Love, a Grammy winning brilliant artist is in a hotel on the road somewhere. And because of you, he's listening to a tape of me going, scatter soup, a dab, a fab, a wabble. He goes, yeah. So Lyle didn't do it. He ended up doing, well, that's another happy accident. But anyway, so on the plane home, I wrote some words, and then he pulled together his, his you know, A-list of musicians. We recorded it, and the late, great Andrew Gold, uh, who did uh, Lonely Boy and, and Thank You For Being a Friend, recorded it, and then it was on the air, and everybody seemed to love it. <laughs> I've had to, over the years, people go, you know, we got married to that theme song. I'm like, wow, okay, good yeah. luck. <laughs> and all because you yeah. read the Don was in an airport. Yeah, all because of that. And then... Cut to 30 years later, We last year, a year ago exactly, we did the um, reboot. Little, We did 12 episodes of Mad About You 2.0. Mm -hmm. And now I've since become friends with Lyle. Lyle he was, ended up being an actor on, on the show. And I called him. I said, all right, here's your second chance. Would you like to do the theme song? Goes, I would love to. He goes, I'm an idiot. And he said, I kicked myself that I said no the first time. I said, well, let's do it. So he did it. And so the new shows have Lyle Love It. And and uh, yeah and 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 uh, yeah that's great. I play, life I, is funny. I wore out my copy of Lyle Lovett and his large band. Just yes, uh, just here I am. Yes, it's me. Just oh, what a great song. And and the thing about Mad About You is it it I uh, it struck me at the right moment because I had just gotten my first TV deal. Um, and I remember, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like uh, that. I want to do that. And they're like, well, we already have that. But your, <laughs> yeah, your no, your comedy and your the way you, and I we we chatted briefly about. We that already before. have that. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we we process we process through our work. Uh, I, I think that's both our our drive. I remember one of my favorite things you did is uh, the thing about my folks with Peter Falk. Oh God bless you, man. Yeah, yeah. I, and you told me you were processing uh, your dad passing through that. Yeah, the, the Peter Falk was a, a, an idol of mine. Really the only actor mm -hmm. that I, as a kid, was just enamored with. You know, I didn't grow up thinking I want to be an actor or, well, look at the brilliant work that Olivier is doing. I didn't know that. I just was drawn in when Peter Falk, it was like, mm -hmm. oh, when dogs hear a certain whistle, like, what's that? And I just was in love with Peter. And my father loved Peter Falk. So I had this idea that Peter Falk should play my father. I just thought, well, we'll that would be a good idea. And, you know, as you know, a lot of times people, all the things you want to do, they're not really waiting for you. So we have to do them. So I, I said, well, I'll write the movie myself. And I wrote this story. It was, it was really, it was the road trip that I never got to take with my dad that I wish I had taken. So it was a little bit of fantasy fulfillment. And I sent it to Peter Falco. I didn't really know, but I told him about it. And he, you know, knew me enough to say, I'll read it. And, uh, you know, the, one of the greatest moments of my life, he called about 1130 at night. And he goes, well, this is fantastic. I just read this. Let's go do this. And I went, wait a minute. Are you saying yes? He goes, oh, this is beautiful. Because oh. I, I was sitting by the phone waiting. And, came, and I woke up my wife. I said, Peter Falk just said yes. I said, I don't even have to make the movie. That was enough. That he read it and, he, and that he validated me. He said, Yes, this is good. Yes, this is me. Yes, you and I would be good. Yes, let's go do it. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. The rest is all icing. And then we got to make it, and every day was, you know, did you ever have anybody that you looked up to and then you got to meet them and they actually were as 
great as you hope. Yeah, I, uh, I, um, I was in the uh, Barnes and Noble, you know, back when they had bookstores, Paul. I remember those. And I was standing there, and the Odd Couple here in New York was uh, the this TV series was was huge for me. And uh, I saw Tony Randall just passed away, and Klugman wrote a book called Dear Tony. I read it standing up in the aisle, <laughs> turned it over, and it was written by a guy named Burton Rocks, who I know from the Friars Club. So I called Burton. I said, "Can you get Jack a note?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I wrote him a note. Longtime fan, Mr. Klugman, blah blah blah. He left my number. Thank you so much for writing the book, and thank you for, you know, impacting my my childhood and my comedy. Called me up, Adam. It's Jack Klugman. I know the voice sounds bad, but it doesn't hurt. When are you coming to LA? I said I'm coming for pilot season, Jack. Call me. We're going to dinner. Wow. Drove down to PCH. He met me at that. Uh, that, that you know that Italian restaurant uh, on the PCH right across it's before you get to Zuma Beach like that yes little- I know exactly yes uh, because with a G I can't remember it and uh, he uh, Giorgio's yeah Giorgio's he walked across the street he goes I got the condo across the street Tony made me buy before I gambled away the money let's eat sat with me Paul for two and a half hours me and my uh, man here and wow. just told me story after story after story it's an interesting thing you know. Uh, it's a very fine line. You don't want to bother people. But yeah. on the other hand, people do like finding out that somebody likes them, you know, or admires yeah. their work. So, you know, I've been lucky enough. That's really the greatest part of being in this sort of family, in this this industry, this community. It's like you bump into people that you liked and get to work with. Um, the name I, I Lyle Lovett did, did the theme song going back with Keisha Lewis. Keisha Lewis, and I was blocking, I couldn't come up with her last name. Keisha Lewis, who was actually in the Mad About You reboot. She's a fantastic mm-hmm. Broadway star, huge star, and unbelievable voice. And the two of them do this duet because we wanted it to be a duet between a guy and a, and a woman. So Keisha and Lyle, very, uh, they came out great. Anyway, I'm just throwing that in because if she was watching your thing, she can go, yeah. the asshole didn't say my name. <laughs> I just couldn't. I just literally couldn't come up with Keisha's last name. Well, the thing, um, well, you got, I mean, we're both Beatles fans, really big Beatles. Yes. You had Yoko on the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, that was silly. That was, and again, what I was saying is that sometimes, you know, if you have any kind of um, sense of humility or caution, you go, I don't want to bother these people. Mm-hmm. And then other times you go, you can ask and they can respond. And we invited Yoko to be on the Mad About You. And she said, yes. Because she knew that we were treating her and John's memory with love, and, and and you know she had seen an episode, and she had, and she knew us, and she felt safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had Jerry Lewis on the show, and I said, "Well, you must have done a lot of half hours." He goes, first one. This is the first yeah. one." Yeah. Nobody ever called me. Went. I mean, no, because it's like the beautiful woman that everyone's too afraid to ask to dance, and nobody's dancing. And it's like, uh, so yeah, we had Yoko, and you know, and, and that, that was. I, was, I just did a thing on the on the Beatles station, and I was talking about this from that perspective. But we were, um, you know, all kind of besides. Not only did we love Yoko and and you know how much the Beatles meant to us, but we were aware that Yoko is on a comedy. This is new. This, <laughs> this is really new, and and um, it was an interesting thing for me because it, it, it meeting her and having hearing her talk about John helped me get out of my idolatry. And I'm like, I went, oh, I still revere, worship, love, all those things. Sure. But he, you suddenly realize, oh, he was the husband of this lovely woman. And, you know, and they would talk, she was sharing some stories and they're going, on one hand, you go, oh, wow, it's a Beatles story. I go, but it's her husband. <laughs> it's, it, and it just sort of, anybody that you ever meet was, you know, is a person and has, you know, a life. Um, but I remember she was saying so casually, oh, yeah, John, uh, John would have really liked this show. I went, okay. <laughs> it's about love. It's about a couple and it's about devotion. I don't, I, you know, I don't need any other review, but mm-hmm. that, you know, and then, and then there's, you know, <laughs> the, the kicker was we used to do these uh, under credits at the end. We do these little pieces that were sort of sometimes break the fourth wall and just sort of not real. And we had Yoko, and, we, and cameras are running, and audiences there, or the clock is running, and we didn't have an appropriate ending. We said, "Well, what, what can we do? We have Yoko. We have," the, and we're all the writers are going, "What about this one?" And she kind of very humbly says, "You know, I have an idea." She said, "You know, John and I always 
said to each other, whenever we have the opportunity, we just want to put the message of give peace a chance out there. So maybe, you know, you and Helen and I could all be in bed and we could just say give peace a chance. We went, okay. Brilliant. Okay. And like, and then so we get into bed, like the, like the, you know, the piece, the bed ends that they did. Montreal, in, yeah. And Helen and I in our man about you marital bed, and in the middle, it's Yoko Ono. And we're just reading the paper and the theme song is playing and she just looks in the camera and goes, give peace a chance. And then I said, this is all we're saying. And we're like, well, I just blended John and Yoko with Mad About You in one sentence. And uh, it, was a, it was a thrill. And there's a little look where Helen and I look at each other, sort of stepping out of the reality going, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, we're in a bed with Yoko Ono, okay. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. If I can go back and just ask you, and if you're comfortable, and if you're not, it's fine, too. Is there one thing you remember Yoko said to you about John that, that, that stuck with you and balanced out the imperial um, You know, it, it, I don't know that she shared anything that personal. It was just in talking to her, you realize... You know, you have the, suddenly this live human emotion of, oh, this is your husband who was mm-hmm. taken from us and taken from you. Um, and so it something in the back of my brain went, oh, it, you can't make him Jesus or, or yeah. you know, or Zeus. He's a guy. But I remember talking to, um, you know, it's weird now. I don't remember if I, this was something I heard in an interview or I spoke to him, but she came with Sean, who was a teenager, and she came mm-hmm. with uh, Elliot Mintz, who was their yeah. personal guy, buddy. Um, Wonderful skin Elliot has. I've seen him in many interviews. And a, and a lovely, very soothing, therapeutic voice. Mm-hmm. He actually used to be a shrink, which made yeah. sense, because he would talk and he would just feel yeah. calm. But I remember somewhere hearing him say, and I literally don't remember if he told to us or he you know, I was on an interview, you know that Yoko would always check this, check the horoscopes, and and that was part of the joke. That like I was so nervous, like in the show, like oh Jamie, whatever you do, don't ask her about the Beatles, and don't say yeah. she broke up the Beatles. And then of course she would bring it up, and she would say, you know, I people think I broke up the Beatles. I go, oh, I I, I never said that. <laughs> you know, but but Yoko, Yoko herself literally offered that as uh, to the us, and and I had literally been with our writers going. Don't don't even go near that. Yeah. Of course, she brought it up. We said, okay, that's the show. The show yeah. is I'm tripping over myself to be courteous and reverent. And she's going, relax. Um, but um, but the thing, and she would always check the horoscopes and so on, and and um, and check the stars and and do everything. And so, to a naive, ignorant brain like mine, and, or many others, I'm sure you go. So if you knew all that and you could tell the future, like, which is not really what that is at all, but like, well, then couldn't you have avoided, you know, what happened and, and make a left on make a left. Don't talk to, and he say, and he said, yeah, she did all that. And he believed whatever he believed. He goes, but they were a married couple. So he didn't do everything she said. <laughs> and like, ah. and like she might, she may have said, don't take a left. He goes, honey, I'm taking a look. Which is, we didn't talk about that day, that horrible day that he was, you know, killed. But, but, but just in, in concept, like, well, because it's so silly to just because somebody believes in the stars doesn't in any way presume that you can walk through life and make it, you know, foolproof. But his thing of like, yeah, they were just a couple and they fought, obviously, famously, um, separated famously and loved famously. But, that, yeah, just because she said take a raincoat doesn't mean he took a raincoat. Yeah. Like, oh, of course. See, that, right. was, that was interesting because we both share those. Re- I remember, and we were in agreement when you told me you played the Lady Madonna piano. Oh, right. And, and you told me you played the, the Let It Be piano in Abbey Road. Yeah. I remember. I remember that. I, we, were, we were two 12 year olds. I went, come on. And you went, no, really, went, get out of here. And you, and you were at Abbey Road and you got to play the upright Lady Madonna. I, we got uh, somebody pulled a string. And we got in, my family was in London, and, and we, we uh, got into Abbey Road. And my kids were younger, and they a little bit got it, but mm-hmm. they didn't get it. And it's, uh, you know, it's, talk, it's, it, it, it's not just like, oh, even seeing the Beatles' childhood home. This is literally the physical space yeah. in which 
in which all all the music that you that you nurtured and 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 grew on that you embraced your whole life came out of these four walls and when they looked up to George Martin that was where he said oh my god mm -hmm. and uh you know we went to the bathroom with, and we said so they would pee here this is where John would pee in Paula and he said well pee and also get high it's like okay right. but this was this was the little space yeah. no it was 50 years later it had been remodeled and cleaned up a bit but uh, yeah when you're in a physical space there's something magical about the history of it and and uh yeah and they said this is the piano and it's like and you're letting any idiot just play it? <laughs> no not any idiot idiots that got in yeah i know I, I, sat, I sat in the original batmobile the one that <laughs> how did that happen i was i was at barrett jackson the auto auction they had a showroom and I had done some press for them. It was when I was on Top Gear, and that's the original one that sold for like four million. And I sat in it, and they go, "No, this isn't a this isn't a fiberglass replica. This is the one Adam West." Wow. Beat. And I sat right in that car. So I got the same kind of oh, the same kind yeah. of. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Well, you had like when I saw Mad About You, it was I got the same feeling I got about um, the Odd Couple. It was New York City. It was a couple. It was about love. It was about. It was a place I wanted to be and people I wanted to be with. Because I, I'm a Long Island kid. I'm, I'm a bridge and tunnel kid. And our families, our our parents got out of the city, and we fought like hell to get back in. So <laughs> between that and your comedy, because you're, you we're very similar. You were you were a pointer to me. You were you were a. I, I was a prior kid, Richard Prior kid. But the stuff you were doing that I saw was confirmation that I was on the right path yeah that's nice it, it can be done it's like it's it can i can be funny and i can be real and i can have a heart and i can explore other emotions um oh that's and, nice say yeah, well paved that look it worked out you did good ah we did all right and the, the thing i it was, it was funny because i work with jerry adler a lot and uh you know you start bullshitting on the set and everything and he leaned over to me he goes thank you i go why he goes everyone asked me about sopranos you're asking me about mad about you <laughs> yeah he was a real, really nice man. Still with us, still doing well. Yeah, Last he I heard. part of that. He was, but but he was part. I did a, I did a movie with Ann Ramsey, and uh, and I was asking her as well about the show. And there was a nice. It was nice to hear that the what I saw on TV uh, was was coming from a genuine place. You know, it seemed like a very happy house, man. It was a happy house, and we had everybody was. Uh, it was really funny when we came back last year to do the twelve. We hadn't seen. We had also. I'd seen Helen a lot and mm -hmm. seen everybody periodically, but when as a group, we had never been together in thirty years, almost no twenty five years or something. And um, not only did was it so great to see everybody, and you know, life changes, and how are your kids, and so on, but we just hit the ground running. It was like we had taken maybe a weekend off instead of 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, and then, you know, talk about a physical space. You get back into the actual, we first read in a conference room somewhere. We read the script and it was great. It feels funny and so on. It all feels great. We knew how to write those characters. Then you get on the set and you just go, oh, we haven't been gone, have we? Because it's like, it's like going to your childhood home. It's like, yeah, I knew exactly 10 steps to the door. Takes longer. <laughs> But literally, it was like there was actually a line in the, one of the in one of the episodes of the new episodes where we're talking, and I'm walking, and the doorbell's ringing, and there's a couple of seconds of silence. I go, you know, years ago I would have been there already, and that's, I'm walking slower. It's taking me a minute. We used to have a time. We need two and a half sentences from the kitchen to the living room door, and now twenty years later, I need four. I need four <laughs> sentences or a slower delivery. Now, when you wrote. Uh, um the Jamie character, you didn't have Helen in mind. I think you, 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 you no. had inner party. No. Uh, you know what? I had the opposite of Helen. I was picturing, I mean, I didn't have an actress in mind, but I was picturing my own wife. Mm -hmm. and my wife could not look more different than Helen. My wife's brown hair and different features. And, and, uh, and I think if anything, I would have said, whatever it is, it's not going to be a blonde actress. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, and then we went to, happened to, to go to a dinner party, my wife and I, with about eight, ten people at Helen's house. We, we had a mutual friend. We were invited to this dinner party, and I had never met Helen. And she was, you know, lovely and funny and goofy and bright and, and, and everything. And I, as we walked out, I said to my wife, I said, what do you think about her as you? She went, I think she'd be great. And so when I called Helen the next day, I said, I know, I hate to be this guy, but mm -hmm. you might be this. And she was really clear in her head, she's told the story. That 
I don't want to do TV. She was just starting to take off in movies. She goes, and I certainly don't want to be the wife of funny comedy boy. And right. she, you know, Gabe Kaplan's wife and just go, oh, honey. You know? <laughs> and I said, no, this is not that. This is a 50-50, you know. And she read it and said, oh, shit, I like this. And uh, shit, and then and in that, I wasn't wanting to like this. Mm-hmm. And she came over to my house and we read it together. And she's so good. I've, I've told this before. There was a scene... It was in the kitchen or whatever. And we're in my house and you know, we start reading and she gets up and she's cleaning my dishes and she's in the sink. Because that's what it said in the script. But right. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm thinking, what? And I, and I literally said, Helen, we, we have a woman comes in. <laughs> she goes, huh? No, I, was, I go, oh my God, you're so good. I didn't even notice you. I mean, she just, because she doesn't, she can never sit still. We, right. Our running joke was seasons one and two, you never saw her face. She was just... A, lovely blonde blur on the way out. Um, but she was so real. And we, and just and sitting in my house, I went, this feels like it's going to work. You and yeah. me doing this. So there you go. That's great. Well, it's, it, it's a show that uh, had a big impact on me. You as a comic had a big impact on me. And, and uh, we got a couple of more fan questions. I know you got to run, but you got time to answer two fan questions for me. Only if people promise they will watch uh, There's Johnny on Peacock. I don't know how you get Peacock. I don't understand. You put exactly. out bread in the yard. And you no, wait not the, the actual Peacock. You oh. have to, is it an app? Is it part of NBC? I don't get it. I don't I mean, I don't understand it, but figure out you're younger. Figure out how to get Peacock. Oh, Paul, I'm on CBS All Access. I can't, well, I don't know how to get it. No, I forget it. And everyone says, it's an app. I go, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. The two questions I have are, this is not my locker. Yeah. <laughs> this is not my locker. Did it's, you improv that? On yes. That is a line from Beverly Hills Cop. So here's the, f- the funny story about that. You know, Eddie Murphy was, this is not a joke. Eddie Murphy was not the original star of Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. You know who was? Uh, George Burns? No, it was it was developed and it was going to be Sylvester Stallone. No, come on. And I got cast as the little whatever my little part was mm-hmm. when Stallone was in. I go, wow, I'm going to get to be in the movie with Stallone. And I don't know whatever happened. People leave, and you know, uh, so I don't know. I don't know what happened. But anyway, he left, and then it went to Eddie. Eddie Murphy, and he Eddie had just had that huge success on SNL and then 48 Hours. Mm-hmm. So now Eddie Murphy's doing it. I'm going, oh, and I know Eddie because from the clubs, we knew each sure. other. So I well, this is going to be so much fun. So when you, you know, we get to play. So it was a lot more improvisational than it might have been with any other actor because uh, Eddie's so loose and because I knew each other. So I wasn't, you know, I think if I hadn't known him, I would have just been starstruck because he's so freaking great and, and talented and and he really you know i mean he radiates still he just there's something that comes out of him that they're like, this is this is big this guy's got it and uh, always has so anyway so so we would so that became the sort of joke that i he was being balled out by the captain and i was in this still in the room and i and they i think they didn't write to it like am i here am i there am i listening so i just started playing with like that i was going to be a pain in the ass and like make myself a nuisance and lean in to the point that the captain would have to yell at me. And then I, yeah, I think it just ended. I go, Oh, I'm in the wrong one. This is not my luck. It was a throwaway. I had no idea. I mean, literally to this day, people will come over to me and it took me a long time to realize what it was because people would come over. If they didn't do that line, they would do something like it. Mm-hmm. So I'm in an airport minding my own business, waiting at the gate and somebody will come over to me as if we were speaking and we'll go, hey, this is not my suitcase. And I go, what? This is not my suitcase. I go, I didn't say it was your suitcase. What? Oh, you're doing the- <laughs> I mean, it took me years to figure out, oh, I guess people remember that line somehow. Yeah. But um, I'll be honest with you. I knew you improbably. I was, that wasn't in the script. Well, so if I remember, there was a, um, we, we did a show called Red Oaks on um, uh, Amazon. Uh, Amazon. And Last season, we, there's a scene. It's in a golf club, a country club, and we're in the locker room. And we and there's a scene, and and the really funny young Canadian acting, Ennis Esmer, and we were just working on the scene, and and I was just sort of mumbling to myself, like, can I get away with doing that here, forty years later? Mm-hmm. And I, and I, literally, I just go, oh, this is not my locker. And I was sort of just trying it out, and he heard me, goes, 
did you just, are you going to say that? I went, I don't know. He goes, oh, you have, I go, no, I can't. No, I can't. You just, you wrote he goes, you were going to do it. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry you had to hear that, but I was just trying it out and it doesn't feel right. But I was going to try and do my own callback. Yeah. And I didn't do it. I, oh. it I just felt a little indulgent and, and break the framey. Yeah. But I tell you, it was, it's those moments that, 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 that people, they, they remember and, and, they, and they connect to and want to share with you, you know? Like, yeah, and I know I will remember things in a movie that just just like that. I remember um, Richard Richard E. Grant, you know, mm -hmm. the British actor, was it was in um, L.A. Story, right? Steve Martin, and and he did a line that I've told this over on Jimmy Pardo. Not that he's a competitor. Jimmy Pardo. Uh, we were working a club in Chicago, or something, and on a day we went to see that movie. And we both fell out of our chairs laughing at a line. And it was not a joke, but he was chilly. They were on the beach and he said, I'm chilly. And he runs away to get it. I'm going to go get a sweater. And he runs away. And then a couple of minutes later, he comes back with the sweater in his hand. He goes, oh, now I'm hot from running. <laughs> and, I, and that just killed us. It's like he went to get a sweater, but yeah. in running, he was no longer cold. So that became a running joke with two knucklehead comedians. Yeah. Years later, I'm at some event or whatever, and I see Richard Grant, I said, you know, and I didn't spring it on him. I said, I got to tell you, boy, I always loved that line, but I'm hot from running. He went, what's that? I went, <laughs> you don't remember? It's the greatest thing. He went, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So it works both ways. I'm on both sides of that coin. Yeah. Uh, one other question I had for you. Did Kevin Pollack prank you as Alan Arkin? He did. And he got a little bit too much joy out of telling the story a lot. <laughs> but Alan, yes, Kevin, Kevin Pollack, those great voices. Mm -hmm. And he, he, we were having, we were on, we were going to be having dinner. Kevin and 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 his his wife and my and four of us, and we've been friends for years. And that afternoon, I get a call from. Alan Arkin. Oh, it's Alan Arkin. And oh, maybe I can't do it. And normally I might say, you know, if I was thinking clearly, I would go, well, that's clearly Kevin because we're having dinner today. But he didn't leave a number. He goes, call me. And the not too long before that, I had reached out to Alan Arkin to play something on Mad About You. So, and we had met. So it wasn't crazy. It wasn't like, you right. know, somebody I never heard of. It wasn't, it wasn't, this is Ringo. Ringo is calling. So this one, I knew. it was possible. So I had his number and I call. I said, Alan, it's Paul Reiser. You know, were you looking for me? I'm anyway, I'm here. Here's my number again. We go to dinner and Kevin, I don't mention it. And then Kevin says, uh, mentioned something about Alan Arkin. And I didn't want to be cool and, be, and say, oh, yeah, he called me today. Right. I just sat on it and I apparently was frustrating him and finally he said you ever talk to Alan I said well you know I have he goes oh, did he call you today around four o'clock I went oh you asshole <laughs> Are you a by the time we leave dinner he gets home and he has a message on his machine from Alan saying Kevin are you playing games with Paul Reiser why is Paul Reiser calling me so that's how good he was that I actually called Alan Arkin back that's great. Well, see, that was a possibility. I hung up on Alec Baldwin because I thought it was my friend Phil fucking around. <laughs> I, I, um, yeah. You know what? The, the, the crazy thing is by being in this business, sometimes you meet people. I remember when I was really new to town and I was doing some benefit and I, I don't know, I'm like 26, seven, something like that. And I was doing, I going to be emceeing some charity benefit and so they call you with here's when you here's the introduction to when you introduce so and so and one of the persons I was going to be introducing was Raquel Welch. Hmm. Well, for some reason she had some notes that she wanted me to make sure that she got. So I get a call at home. Uh, Paul, this is Raquel Welch. I go, come on, stop. It's Raquel. I went, really, really. <laughs> and all I can think is like, where were you when I was twelve? Because <laughs> I would have just been such a happy 12 year old boy if you called at the time yeah i'm still happy but not as much but uh yes 
But anyway, so now have you watched? So there's Johnny on your own. Have you? Seen I saw it? a clip. They sent me clips, and oh. they sent me. Uh, I saw the opening where the kid, kid from Nebraska, writes a letter to Johnny Carson, gets on the bus, shows up to NBC at eleven o'clock. Look, I know the show's at eleven thirty, and there's nobody there. There's nobody just, there. Yeah, it's just the car. Don't take it eleven because it's on eleven. Yeah, no, not not in real life. So that's how green he is, and he shows up. But I will, uh, if you, because I know you're not going to figure out how to get Peacock because you're as dumb as I am. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, I'll get you a link. Uh, but anyway, enjoy. Thank you for having me, man. Good luck with this. Nice to nice to chat with you again. You too, my friend. Hopefully, I see you soon. You bet. Best see you in the friend. The Adam Farrar Podcast is brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. And I have a special thanks to Rob at Cruise Into Wellness for sending my wife the CDB foot mask. Yes, 50 milligrams of CDB shoved right into your feet. Makes your wife very happy. They're like little socks full of goodness. They're refreshing, relaxing, a full broad spectrum. I don't know what that means. All I know is my wife said, I love this. And you can too. And I'll tell you what. 20% 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. 20% off anything they have at cruiseintowellness.com. Go. Feel better. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and that was 30 Minutes. I'll never get back. I always love talking to Paul. Yeah. He, he's always got, every time, I see, every time I see him, he's always got a new story, and, I, and I'm always happy to hear it. Yeah, I love people like that. You know, they're, they always seem to just grab life and... You know, they love life and they I think life just taps him on the shoulder going, hey, guess what? You're going to be in this movie. (laughs) And he goes along with it. Yeah, Chuck, he's friends with Chuck Laurie. He's in that show. I'm friends with Phil Tagg. We're doing a podcast out of my garage. This is what we got. (laughs) But I do love the projects he gets involved with. I mean, this new, there's Johnny. They they actually use clips from the old Tonight Show. So I think that's going to be good. And how excited am I that there's a show about Johnny Carson? I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just oh, yeah. and by the way, I have Peacock, so you don't have to get it. I know, I know you do, but I, I, I didn't even wait for that. I just said, Paul said, if you want me to see it, send me a link, and he did. <laughs> oh, stop! Really? He did. He sent me a link. <laughs> yeah, I had to go research it, and th- you know, I had to research shit. I go, Paul, send me. He goes, I'll send you a link. I said, okay, good. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> Phil will never invite you over to his house. Phil won't invite me over to his house. No, I'll, I'll have to pee in a cup. He has to run some tests. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do watch TV with Phil. You know how we watch ESPN Plus? Because you get prime time. Mark, yeah, this is a great show. It's great. And I love it. And he gets prime time. This is how this is how we end our, our football Sunday. Phil FaceTimes me and points the phone <laughs> at his TV and hits ESPN Plus and he, and we watch NFL primetime together. Every once in a while yeah, his but... head pops up. So you watching TV through his on his phone, watching ESPN Plus. As I hear him in the kitchen. I hear him like this going, maybe I'll have lentil soup tomorrow. What do you think? <laughs> yep, I use the tripod. Yeah. I have a whole setup. It's like it's a freaking studio. I think it's Just Adam, this, Adam, this is all I'm going to say to you. It's five bucks a month. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to do it. five bucks. I do it with you because it annoys you. <laughs> Every Sunday when the game's over, I go, come on, we watch this. I want to do this. I said, I said, you won't set up your phone for your pal. <laughs> oh, yeah. the guilt. I was like, oh, you're right, Phil. What am I asking for? Kidney? Jesus Adam, Christ. Adam, mail him five bucks. What? Yeah. I'll, Phil, I'll give you the five bucks. <laughs> Goodness. I just thought it was crazy. I didn't know that Sylvester Stallone was almost Axel Foley in Beverly Hills Cop. I didn't either. Crazy. I said George Burns, and I never, and I didn't get a laugh. No, you didn't. <laughs> I laughed. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. I'm not watching that movie with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, it would have been like, hey, yo, you know, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe, you know? <laughs> you see, I would have watched that. I wouldn't. <laughs> not me. I do. One of my favorite lines in that movie was when he's in the when he's in the strip joint and he sees the bad guy and he plays drunk and he runs up to him. (laughs) (laughs) Phil, is that you? Phil, what's with the hostility? You changed, man. You changed, man. Did you have lentil soup for lunch? You stink, Phil. Your digestion ain't what it used to be. <laughs> Do I have to move your ass again? <laughs> Mark, Phil's going to suspend his COVID rules so I can come over and help him pack his dishes. Of course. He's going to mend them. Yes. <laughs> yep, well, just wear a mask. You're fine. Yeah. Well, that's what friends do. Yeah, um, yeah. And they also fuck with you. <laughs> 
See? You know what I mean? Even even Paul Reiser's got it. He's got an atom. Yeah. He's got an atom. Yeah, cleverly disguises Kevin Pollack. <laughs> Kevin Pollack. <laughs> oh, Phil, you are so lucky I can't do voices. I'd rather you do voices. I'd rather you do voices than the than make me wait. You oh my god, Mark, he plays the long con. That's the best kind. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Uh-huh. Remember the hat? Remember my favorite hat that was missing? Oh yeah, when you can't oh okay. So Mark, I'm 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 in Florida. I'm doing stand up uh and and Phil Phil has has a crisis because it's Thursday. So Phil <laughs> It's yeah. true. Yeah, he, he he's like, dude, I don't know if I can make I don't know what 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 he shouldn't be left alone. I forget what the incident was. Maybe the lady who gave him his cleaning didn't look him in the eye and he's crushed. I don't know what it was. <laughs> For some reason I my pal needed me, so I okay, come on down. Flew him down to Florida, hung out in a, and he hung out with me uh while I did stand up. I was in an improv somewhere. So we gotta get on a plane. It's early in the morning. And uh, he's looking for his hat and he can't find his favorite hat. Yeah, I woke up. I'm like, "Where's my hat? Where's the hat that I wore on the plane here? My, mm-hmm. my favorite hat. It was a base. It was a baseball hat. I loved it. And I could. Where Where is it? I can't find it. So he couldn't find it. So and someone had sent me a swag bag of stuff, and in it was a hat with a rooster on it, and in small letters it said "cock." Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> of course about it did. That. So of I said. <laughs> so I said, "Phil, wear this. Brand new. Never been on my head." I was flying that day. I didn't have time to go buy a hat. I'm not right. going to spend 50 bucks for one in the airport. I had to put it on. Right. I'm wearing it on a plane, a hat that says <laughs> cock on it. All right. Oh, my God. I can see people's faces. Why does your hat say cock? <laughs> they they weren't saying that. They're saying get away from the cock hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't 100%. sit next to the cock. Yeah. 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 Mothers are going, don't stare at the man. They're talking to their children. Don't. Oh, and it looked horrendous. It was. It looked like a farmer's hat. It was, it was a big. Awful. It was a big trucker's hat with a big oh, yeah. on it. It was awful. Yeah. Awful. And, <laughs> and you're wearing it. Oh man, he's wearing it on the plane. Oh my god. And he was. Yeah. He was. And, then, de- and whatever the emotional trauma was, he's he's yep. walking home. So he's sad and depressed with a cock on his head. <laughs> oh my god. And then I get home, Mark, and. I fire up my computer and there's a video from him on my computer talking about everything's going to be okay. I know you feel lost right now, but things get lost and they get found. And he puts my hat on. The one that I lost. I'm like, you stole my hat. That's my hat. Dude, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. He's never given it to me. It's still in my apartment in New York. I have somewhere. never seen that fucking hat again. Hey, you got the cock hat. You still got that, right? Of course I do. It's a great story. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. And what's the hat sitting on, Phil? A porcelain cock. Which one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you yeah. sent me 20 of them. I went through this, <laughs> I went through this thing where I kept I just kept sell, sending him these porcelain little statues of roosters, and they kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> oh, and I just he would get one like every couple of days, then they started coming every day. And then the last one I sent them, it was about three feet high. Oh my goodness! It's like a it's like a cock museum. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, museum of the cock. Yeah, and the last one that showed up was the one with the index card that mm-hmm. you wrote. Here's what here's what he wrote on the index card. You know. <laughs> you I know. still have it. I have that and all the cock. Well, actually, I got rid of most of the cocks. I have the one cock with the note. <laughs> and it will be in uh, following him in the move. Yes. Oh, great! Now I got to move that cock. <laughs> I'll tell you the other cool thing about Paul. I had no idea that he was classical pianist, man. Yeah, that is yeah. unbelievable. And he played he played the Beatles piano. Come on, he played the oh. upright Lady Madonna piano, and he played the Let It Be piano, That's... and he played them well. <laughs> that is so unbelievably cool. Yeah. I mean, and he had Yoko Ono on the show. I remember I seeing that show. Yeah, I thought that was so well done. Yeah, yeah. It- it, it was just, uh, surprising to see her on that show, mm-hmm. and then the way they did it, I was like, "Wow, she's a good sport." Yeah, she she had a, she had an awareness of her her place in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and she is a good sport. She was a good sport about that, and the way the way he talked about her, it was great because it humanized her. Mm-hmm. Because we all know, I mean. Listen, I've never met Yoko, but we all know the story. It's like, oh, she's the one that broke up the Beatles. That's like the, the, the tag that she gets labeled with throughout history. And then you hear her talking and she goes, you know, John would really love this show. Yeah. And all of a sudden 
you started thinking of John, not as John Lennon of the Beatles, but as John Lennon, you know, Yoko's husband, just a regular guy who enjoyed funny shows, you know, and it mm-hmm. was just it just made him more human. It made her human. It just I don't know. It was a really cool moment within that, man. I love that. I like when he said, well, it, it, he was a married man. He, he didn't always listen to his wife. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. He did listen. We said, all right, go to California. This is May Pang. She'll take you there. Oh, the lost the weekend. The lost weekend. It lasted, eight, it lasted 18 months. Oh, my God. <laughs> he goes out to California with his assistant, May Pang. He's, he's Kennedy drunk the whole time. Him, <laughs> him yeah. Harry Nielsen, um, Keith Moon. They're all drinking and recording stuff. By the way, you know, within that lost weekend, you know, of some of the craziest crap that they did, mm-hmm. they got in trouble in the studio where they're recording. Because one story was, well, somebody poured some liquor in there, but it wasn't liquor. Turned out it was somebody who had peed on the control board of the studio. And there's this very famous letter that John, I'm sorry, John Lennon, Mr. Lennon, wrote to Phil Spector, who they were recording with at the time. And I have that letter right in front of me, not the actual letter, but I've got it, you know, right in front of me. And I just want to read it to you. Okay. Does it start? Dear Phil, put down the gun. (laughs) (laughs) Does not. No. In fact, it's even better. First of all, it's written on a legal pad with like a red magic marker. Mm -hmm. At the very top of it, it says a matter of P. Phil, (laughs) see ye around 1230. Should you not know it was Harry and Keith? That's Harry Nilsson and Keith Moon, who pissed in the console. We left at 1130, exclamation point. Jerry wants to evict us, or that's what Capital tells us. Tell him to build Capital for the damage, if any. I can't be expected to mind adult rock stars. Nor can May. Besides, she works for me, not a and I'm about to piss off to Record Plant because of this crap. John, P.S., why does Leon not get any of this shit? Okay. <laughs> so he ratted out Keith and... Harry. Oh, yeah. Sold him out. Completely. I'm not going down for raindrops keep falling on my head. <laughs> or Keith Moon. That is too cool, Mark. Where'd you get that letter? It's online. It's like it's one of those great legendary stories. You just search for it. and It's right there. It's cool. I'll post it so everyone can see it. And by the way, do you know how much that letter sold for at auction? Mm-mm. Over eighty eight thousand dollars. Some wow. random scribbles. $88,000 because he wrote a note to a guy named Phil because his friends peed on a mixing board. My <laughs> friend Phil took a dump in an apartment. Not a dime did I make. <laughs> uh, that's yes. great. Yes. I want to thank Paul Reiser for being my guest. Uh, his new show on the Peacock, uh, which Phil will tell you how to get, is called There's Johnny. <laughs> Uh, honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. And the show is growing, folks, and I want to thank you guys so much. If you could tell a friend, uh, bring some more people into the family, we greatly appreciate it. As always, leave us a review. It helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. Pod is ended. Don't be. Well, you were, you were running away from what was yeah. coming out of that room. Yeah, because I knew. I just knew. And then and then about 10 seconds later, I hear, oh, my God. <laughs> I went, oh, shit. (laughs) I don't have a nose, and I can smell it, too. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.